Alrighty, so now we'll get into the ceasefire in Gaza. And let's just stop and appreciate that. A ceasefire in Gaza. My goodness. I could have oh, I could have sworn that that was just an impossible thing. I thought I could have sworn it could never happen. And it, it, I could have sworn I could have sworn that destroying Hamas was the only way forward. Let this be a lesson. Peace is always worth the discussion, as Andrew Tate would say. Uh, he had a very heated and interesting interview with Piers Morgan. It was very entertaining to watch. I encourage you to watch it. Regardless of what your views on Andrew Tate are, he is, uh, again, more, he has again demonstrated a better command of the context surrounding Israel-Palestine than what you're going to get from a lot of these talking heads, uh, perhaps even myself included. So I encourage you to listen to what people are saying, uh, but I'll, I'll shout out the voices that I feel are constructive towards the understanding of context because context is very very important it, it's always one of the first things that get lost because you know truth is the first casualty of war but how do you get how do you know what the truth is you understand the context which is why context is always thrown out the window as well but yeah very 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 well understood he had a very good understanding of the context. He was more on the Palestinian side uh, for a number of reasons of his own. And we even went over his initial comments on the war in Palestine back when it first broke out, where he and his brother also had a better take on the war back when it first broke out than what you got from a lot of these other commentators, particularly with Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson encouraging more violence, whereas they were saying we're gonna save we're, we're gonna try to keep kids alive and there should be peace talks and while ben shapiro sort of went on a tirade against peace and he even got into it with candace owens which is another juicy beef that i i indulged in over the course of the last week and a half but alas all this talk about never being able to get here and here we are a ceasefire a ceasefire in gaza because last week Israel agreed to a four-day ceasefire for the release of 50 hostages. The ceasefire began on Friday, and as far as I managed to get, as far as I managed to get, I forgot to update these numbers before the podcast, but there were 13 Israeli hostages that were released. There were 11 Thai hostages that, that have been released, uh, along with 39 Palestinians, who were who have been released from Israeli captivity, some of whom were children. So important details when they talk about savagery and barbarity on the Palestinian side. The Israelis had children in prison, so we'll just put, leave that on the table. So thirty-nine Palestinians released, thirteen Israeli hostages released, eleven Thai hostages released. Now, so far. And this is even now, because uh, I, uh, so far, no Americans have been let go. Uh, and of course, our government isn't saying anything about that. Right? Uh, I, again, I, I don't have the exact numbers on who exactly has been released. I know that they was there was a, a bit of a friction between Israel and Hamas over the hostages 
and there was a, a brief pause on the release of the hostages. I think that pause is uh, continued, although it may have ended. I haven't seen news saying that it ended, uh, but it, it could have ended. So, yeah, there, there's... Uh, but the important thing is that we have the ceasefire, right? The important thing is we have the ceasefire. But regardless of the specific numbers, I am well aware of one number, which is zero. The total number of Americans who've been released from captivity. And of course, our government, being the America last as it is, has said absolutely nothing about it. Isn't it crazy that Thailand can get their hostages before we can? Isn't that crazy? We have two carrier battle groups off the coast of Israel and we're gonna be the last ones to get our hostages? Because like 240, 250 hostages were taken, 50 of them have been released and about 50 from, which is the last number I saw, were killed. Now, does that represent all of the Americans uh, who were taken captive? Maybe, but I don't think so. I think it'd be more a little more spread out than that, but it's a possibility, but at the very least, we could we could try to get our civilians back. We're, we're not even trying. And we, we have all this force sitting there, and they're not even trying to get our, our people out, which is another indication that their real goal is just to start a war. But I'll digress. Uh, in Gaza, about 34,000 gallons of fuel a day were being delivered, along with other aid. And as of this morning, actually, uh, today when I'm recording the podcast, as of this morning, the ceasefire has actually been extended for two more days. So it's not going to end until either Wednesday or th- perhaps Thursday morning. Oh, so it's been extended for two two more days. That was early in the, early in the morning today because you know they uh, they're ahead of us in time, way over there. So it it could mean. Uh, that they started on Monday, and so the, the ceasefire, the two-day extension is going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the fighting begins on Thursday. Or it could be that uh, the fighting resumes on Wednesday uh, because they, they counted today as one of the two days for the extension. But there is a lot of pressure being put on these two to keep the peace now that you have it. Because why let this slip? Why let the opportunity slip? I don't think that the Arab world is going to let the opportunity slip. I think that if there is a resumption of the war, it'll be because Israel says no to the peace, in which case they're really not going to be painting a good picture for themselves when this thing is over. As a matter of fact, they might even forfeit their victimhood status, which they've already been in the process of doing by bombing the the lights out of Gaza. But if they say no to a peace, they say no to the peace, then, then they'll really forfeit their victimhood status but yeah uh but alas alas the important thing is that we have the ceasefire and that the ceasefire has been extended so we have nearly a week of peace relative peace in gaza so with that being said that being said now we can sort of take a step back and look at all that has transpired because before now, we've had all this talk about how a ceasefire would be like surrendering to Hamas and terrorism and barbarism. And we can't negotiate with these, these savage terrorist animals. All this talk. 
about how we can't have peace, about, oh, no, we can't have it. No, Israel has to destroy Hamas first. Oh, you have to do the fighting. Otherwise, you can't have the peace. Oh, all this. And here we are with a ceasefire. Now extended to six days instead of just four. No bombs being dropped. No grenades being thrown. Uh, uh, fewer bullets being fired. Fewer lives being lost. The, the casualty... The casualty list in Gaza isn't going up by the thousands every day. And the deaths aren't going up by the hundreds every day. All this talk about how we couldn't have peace and why more war was necessary to get to peace. And the greatest oxymoron of the age. War will bring you peace, they say. All this talk. And yet, here we are with a ceasefire. Hostages are being released. People in Gaza have stopped dying. Bodies are now being excavated from the rubble. Aid is being delivered. Peace, if only temporarily. So what happened? What happened? Did Israel surrender to Hamas? Did they surrender to barbarism? Did they lose the battle for civilization? No, because that was all some fucking bullshit. <laughs> no. In fact, they're probably achieving more now. They are probably achieving more now with this ceasefire than they were over the past two months. How many more hostages have they gotten back alive over the past four days than they have gotten over the course of this entire war? Well, this entire period of fighting, I should say, because the war actually goes back a, a long, long way, and I'll, I'll get into what that specific piece of context means when we look at the 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 way in which the conversation has been had about israel palestine but they have achieved more in four days of a ceasefire than they have with two months of fighting and and let's take another step back Right? Because we were bombarded with all this war hawk nonsense about how they need to fight war. Oh, they have to destroy Hamas. Oh my god. We we can't have a peace. All those all those fucking baboons who took to Fox News. I'm talking about Lindsey Graham, Nikki Haley. Finish them. We're going to go bomb Iran's oil. We're going to take Iran out of the oil business. And those baboons on the, the stage during the Republican primary. We had, what was it, Tim Scott talking about we're, we're going to bomb Iran. And, and that's just the, the accepted position. We're going to go to war. Why? Because Israel's at war. So obviously we have to go to war. We can't let them have all the fun. We can't have peace with Hamas. We're gonna 
we're going to fund Israel's war with $14 billion, and then we're going to give Hamas hundreds of millions in humanitarian aid so they can continue the fight. All this nonsense. Jordan Peterson, Peterson, Jordan Peterson saying, give them hell, Netanyahu. As if Netanyahu was a war hero now. Is he is is he the new Winston Churchill? I thought Zelensky was Churchill. Give him hell, Netanyahu. Ben Shapiro going on tirades about how we have to destroy the Hamas terrorist savage barbarians. All this talk, all this yip yap, all this nonsense, all this sick, mad nonsense about killing people. 13,000 people dead in Gaza going along with that nonsense. And we could have had a ceasefire this entire fucking time. Oh, and by the way, there there was no Hamas base under Shifa, the, the largest hospital in Gaza, like the Israelis said that there would be. No tunnels, no base, no, no bunker, no nothing. So those lives at that hospital were lost for nothing. Hospitals across Gaza put under siege and, and running low on fuel. Babies dying because the machines meant to keep them alive weren't functioning. People being amputated at staggering rates because the proper medical equipment simply wasn't there to give them proper treatment. All this for nothing. We could have had a ceasefire the entire time. And for just a moment, as we take yet another step back, take yet another step back. As a matter of fact, we'll take a, a couple steps back because now we're going to step back from Israel. We're going to step back from Palestine. Can we acknowledge the absurdity of the public conversation around Israel-Palestine? With, with the proper context that these two have been at war for decades, right? With that in mind, let's really think about how we've sat here over the course of two months, going into month number three, l- listening to hundreds of hours. Well, perhaps not actually listening to that, but there is hundreds of hours worth of de- discussion, debate, and argument and probably millions of comments on social media and posts about the subject matter of Israel-Palestine. All of this and all these these moral quandaries and accusations uh, of bad moral character, all this moral browbeating over what ultimately amounts to a raid in a war. Think about that. With the context that Israel and Palestine have been at war for over half a century, and that the Israelis are an occupying force in the territory that belongs to Palestine, according to the 1967 borders, the internationally recognized borders of Israel and Palestine, they're at war for over half a century. Israel is an occupying force in the parts of the in the territory that belongs to Palestine. 
Palestine conducts a raid against a country they are at war with, Israel, and they kill 1,200 people. It is savage. It is barbaric. It's war is what it is. It is an atrocity. But then let's look at how we've responded and the, the nature of the conversation over here for the past two months has been to make moral judgments about a raid between two combatant nations who've been at war for over half a century. We have been making moral judgments about a raid conducted by a combatant nation against another combatant nation whom they are at war with and have been at war with for over half a century. How silly are we? How, and what was accomplished, mind you, when, when, while people were over here simping for Palestine, uh, well, Hamas, simping for Israel, not holding either, Nam one of them accountable for their actions, how exactly did the Hamas attack occur? Why didn't the, the why didn't Mozad know about it? Why did they ignore the tip that they got from the Israeli government, not the Israel, the Egyptian government? Why did they ignore that? Didn't did they not see the hundreds of men in pickup trucks coming towards the border? How'd they get through? How'd they get through? You have a wall. You have checkpoints. How'd they just walk through? Well, you you didn't see those men on paragliders? You didn't see them? You can see everything else going, you can see everything that moves in Gaza, but you can't see men on paragliders? How'd they get in? Why didn't you shoot them? You shot at everything else that came at the wall. Why was the IDF so slow to respond? No accountability. No, no accountability. Why are you killing civilians at almost 10 to 1 ratio to Hamas? Going off of Israel's numbers that they claim to have killed uh, one, one, uh, 1,500 Hamas since October the 7th, which are probably inflated numbers. L likely heavily inflated, to be quite honest, with the way they label anybody a, a damn terrorist. And there's no accountability there either. You just call anybody a terrorist and then you, you bomb a refugee camp, you bomb a hospital. You go, sh you go getting into shootouts with Hamas over the, the largest hospital in Gaza, claiming to have tunnels underneath it and there's nothing there. All the while Hamas is underground in tunnels and bunkers that you know exist, yet you're bombing apartment complexes. No accountability. No accountability to be had from the Israel simps. And then, and then Palestine simps are sitting there going, oh, well, what did you expect was going to happen when you oppress the people? And well, yeah, that's true. All right, that's true. You, and that's something that the Israel simps don't ever want to acknowledge, that there was history prior to October the 7th. They'll never acknowledge that. They'll take that shit to the grave. History began on October the 7th, 2023. Nothing happened before. It's like fucking China with the Tiananmen massacre. Nothing happened on that day. Nothing happened before. Okay. And then you have the, the, the Hamas simps who will sit there and act like Hamas wasn't every bit as well aware of the fact that Israel doesn't give a goddamn about civilian casualties when they attacked Israel. They knew that the Israelis have a, a stated doctrine of collective punishment 
They knew that by attacking Israel, the Israelis would make a much more concerted effort to kill Palestinian civilians. They, Israel doesn't fight Hamas head on. They fight the Palestinian civilian population. And you can see that with the way they put Gaza under siege. You can see that the way they, they ethnically cleanse the Palestinians from the West Bank. 97% of the West Bank is under control of the Israelis. And think about that. The Palestinians only get 3% of their own fucking land. Of course they're going to strike you. Of course they're going to strike you. But of course, striking at Israel is going to get you a reaction. Not a single one of these Hamas simps want to acknowledge that Hamas, like any person with common sense, would be well aware that attacking Israel, however justified you may have been, was going to get you a response. No accountability for the for the 13,000 Palestinians who are dead as a result of that reaction incurred by Hamas's attack. All these people who just want to end the conversation with, oh, but our side was justified, therefore it's okay. Therefore, we don't need to look at how this happened. Therefore, we don't need to look at the body count. We don't need to look at any of that because our reaction was justified. La, 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 we're not going to look at it. All these moral judgments, all this insanity that we have, as Americans have had to go through over a foreigner's war, and not even just a foreigner's war, but over a raid conducted in a singular war that has been going on for 50 years. And we're sitting here making moral judgments about one side or the other. Oh, the Israelis are the good guys because they, they, they let you know when they're going to bomb your apartment complex, okay? They don't want to kill you. They just happen to kill 10 times as many civilians as the total number of people who died on October the 7th. They, they don't want to kill you, they say. We just happened to kill over 10,000 civilians. It, it, just, it just happened. We don't know how it happened. It just happened. We, we don't want to kill you. We just, we just happened to, oops, my bullet strayed and I hit a civilian. Oops, my bomb fell off and I hit a civilian. Oops, there's no tunnels under Shiva. Oops, I dropped a bomb on a refugee camp. Oops, 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 all, all these oopsies. And we're, and we're sitting here making moral judgments about how Hamas is so sick and barbaric. They, they raped women and children, which they did. Yeah, it is sick. It is barbaric. Israel has a right to respond. Israel has a right to defend itself. Yeah, by killing 13,000 civilians in Gaza. Yeah. What did you accomplish? No, and there's no accountability. I, I, just, I can't stand the public conversation around it. I can't stand it. There's no accountability. Neither one of these simps, these stands, so to speak, want to hold their side accountable for even a second. A valid question it was brought up by the, the pro-Israel side. Palestine's been given all this money and all this aid from various countries around the world. Why are there no bomb shelters? Great question. Why are there no bomb shelters? You know what the Israelis are going to do the second you get into a fight, and you know that you've been at war with them this entire time. You know that every time Hamas attacks Israel, you get bombed. Why do you have no bomb shelters? Great question. Does that excuse Israel dropping bombs on apartment complexes? No. But let's have some accountability here. Like, my 
God, it's just, it's been such a slog. It has been such a slog. And I, I'm sure you feel the same as I do fucking listening to these people day in and day out. Well, maybe you, you don't tune into politics like that. In, in which case, God bless you. Don't. <laughs> oh, but it's just been one of the most annoying features of this. War. It, it, these people are worse than the, the Ukraine simps were back when the Ukraine war first started and everyone was putting Ukraine flags in their bios. People were putting up their little bumper stickers. Stop Putin. Stop war. Oh, we're <laughs> the, the, the little ukraine shaped emblems on the their cars you know you remember way back a million years ago when that happened the the, the simps of today are worse than them oh, no accountability nothing's gonna change no no one's gonna hold the other responsible no one's going to hold their own side that they're simping for responsible they they just want to end the conversation with our side was justified because this action happened before therefore the reaction was justified and we don't need to look at the consequences of the reaction action reaction consequence no it's action reaction was the reaction justified no 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 that that's what they want but the real world is action reaction consequence not action reaction oh but was the reaction justified was the reaction moral was was the reaction okay and acceptable was the reaction disproportionate of course israel's reaction was disproportionate the problem isn't that it was disproportionate the problem is that you've killed a disproportionate number of civilians to hamas and you claim to not be fighting the palestinians the problem is that you have allegedly killed 1,500 Hamas, but 13,000 Palestinian civilians. That's the problem. You've killed all... You've... Uh, I got the math a little bit wrong in last week's episode. It was... Uh, last week, it would have been like six or seven to one. Well, no, it would... It, last week's episode with the numbers I used, it would have been six to one. So that'd be... For one... For out of every seven people, you'd kill one Hamas. That, that would have been the numbers, the, the right math. Uh, but now the numbers actually support my math. Uh, you know, you just re replace that 11,000 with the 13,000. One out of every eight people now is, is how many you've killed. The, the, the ratio got worse. And this is assuming that their numbers are true. And we know they're fluffed. We know the Israelis are lying. How do we know? Because the Israelis label everybody of terrorists. They bomb an apartment camp. Oh, there was a terrorist there. They bomb a refugee camp. Oh, there was a terrorist there. Is it true that Hamas does use human shield? Yes, they do. But you can't use that as an excuse to go bombing everything in fucking Gaza. It's... Oh, my goodness. And, and the reason I take more issue with Israel than I do with Palestine is because Israel is the one that is state-sanctioned by the U.S. government. Israel's the one that all this money is going to go to. Israel's the one that we're even in this mess to begin with for because Israel is... A long-standing U.S. ally. Ooh. It's so sick that after all this, we could have had peace this entire time. How many of these people, these 13,000 people in, in Gaza, and hell, considering that the war has been going on for a lot longer than October the 7th, the, the two months since October the 7th, the war has been going on the entire time. We could have had peace ages ago. They can come to a ceasefire. Okay, well, why couldn't you come to a peace?
you can agree on a ceasefire, but you can't agree on a peace deal. People want to talk about, oh, October the 7th, October the 7th, uh, 1,200, 1,400 Israelis died. The number was 1,400, but they they uh, revised it down to 1,200. That's why. So if there's discrepancy between the number you have in your head and the, the 1,200 I'm using, that that's where I'm coming from. They got revised down by 200. Oh, there were 1,200 people that died. Well, maybe, just maybe, if you ended the war, these people would be alive. How many people? would still be alive if we had a working peace deal between Israel and Palestine. How many people will still be alive? All 13,000 of these people might. Maybe they had uh, sicknesses and illnesses that would have taken them out. But I can guarantee you the vast majority of them would still be alive. I can guarantee you that the 1,200 Israelis who died on October the 7th would still be alive. I can guarantee you that a lot of people whose names we will never know because they died when the fighting was quiet. I can guarantee you that a lot of those people would still be alive had we only committed to peace. Because like Andrew Tate says, and he was very 100% accurate on this, and I give credit where credit is due, peace is always worth the discussion. And looking back on these, the two months of chaos... He was 100% right. And we can see the consequences of going along with ideas contrary to that. Peace is always worth the discussion. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.